You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Welcome, welcome to a special holiday edition of Fearless with Jason Whitlock. I am Jason Whitlock, and boy, do I have a Christmas or after Christmas treat for you today. Uh, one of my favorite personalities in all of the media, uh, and certainly at Blaze TV, Dave Rubin's gonna join us. Dave from the Rubin Report, a uh, very popular show, uh, on Blaze TV. He's also authored a book, Don't Burn This Book. Uh, Dave is a former liberal who is now one of the leading voices in American conservatism. When, back when they, do they still even talk about the intellectual dark web? Dave was part of that and, you know, did some things with Jordan Peterson across the country, I think across the globe, uh, you know. Dave, anyway, is, from my perspective, one of the most important voices, one of the most authentic, and quite possibly, the only person I would put in his category of courage is Matt Walsh over at the Daily Wire. <laughs> Matt Walsh just don't care. Uh, but I think Dave is as courageous as anybody, and, and, and we'll kind of start there with Dave because Dave is, you know, kind of like me, but I think probably even more, you know, when you're black and you have a conservative worldview, you get called a sellout and a traitor. Uh, Dave is gay, he's married, and he represents the conservative point of view now as well as anybody, and I'm sure there's some people to think he's a traitor. Uh, Dave, uh, welcome to the show. Uh, and I think we'll start here. You have caught one of the final helicopters out of Saigon, I understand. <laughs> uh, you're leaving California for freedom in Florida. Is that right? Yeah, well, first off, Whitlock, Merry Christmas to you. It's good to see you as always, my friend. And yes, we are obviously taping this a little bit before Christmas because uh, you know we don't want our team staff to work over the holidays. Uh, so this, right now, I am in my studio in Los Angeles, but this, as we speak, is the first time I am publicly telling people that I am leaving Los Angeles, because we're holding this for a little bit. So this is one of the last things that I'm doing in my LA home here, and I'm moving to the free state of Florida. You know, I tried, man, I, I tried more than most people. You know, I fought with, uh, alongside my good friend Larry Elder during that recall. We did everything we could do, and the people of California seemingly just want more lockdowns, they want more masks, they want more mandates, they want higher taxes, they want worse schools, worse roads, more homeless, et cetera, et cetera. And you know what? It's time to leave Dodge, so I'm getting out. 
Dave, did you grow up in California? Uh, I mean, this seems like a pretty shocking decision for me for to see someone like yourself leave California. No, so, you know, I'm a true New Yorker originally. You know, my, my bio's kind of funny if you think about my politics because I was born in Brooklyn when it was still old Brooklyn, not hipster Brooklyn. I was born in 76 in Brooklyn. I grew up in the suburbs in Long Island. I lived most of my adult life in Manhattan. And then I moved from Manhattan to Los Angeles in 2013. So I've been here for about eight years. So in effect, I've really, as an adult, only lived in New York City and Los Angeles. And yet the things that I believe in, the things that you and I talk about all the time and that most of your viewers probably believe in, those are things that are thought of as more middle America stuff. I mean, freedom, liberty, things of that nature, you know, sort of knowing what you think and why you think it and not being a hysterical lunatic. Um, so my bio in that sense is weird. Look, I came here, obviously I've had a lot of success here. We worked hard here. We built this show. I built a team. I'm, by the way, I'm taking my entire team with me. I got every single person who works for me is coming with me. So California is losing business. They're losing taxes. They're losing good functional uh, people. Um, and it's time to go. You know, they, there's just nothing left here. The thing is, at some point, when you see things go the wrong way for a while, you can fight and you can fight and you can fight. But then at some point, it's like, hey, if these people don't want to be helped, if if they just don't want anything to turn around, if they seemingly just want to go, you thank you, sir, may I have another? Well, then I'd rather go to a place, in my case, Florida, although obviously Texas was on the table and I looked at some houses in Nashville and all over the place. Um, I wanna go to a place where my, my beliefs, my skills, my talents, my hard work, my dedication, where they will be not only valued, but I will feel like I'm fighting for a place to make it better. I just can't make California better right now. I don't think California wants to get better right now. Dave, one thing I've been trying to tell people, and you know, I left California 16, 17 months ago, uh, and I, I was there longer than you. I was there from 2010 through 2020. I spent an entire decade when I first got out there. You can ask any of my friends, family, I, I'll never leave California. I'll be buried here in California. It's great, the weather, the just, I, I loved a lot of things about California. And then I realized like my worldview, the things that I think, the things that I express just don't sit well in California. And I've tried to tell other conservatives. It's like, I think like Fox News should move its operations out of New York. Why subject your employees to when they go out to dinner and say, oh, that's a Fox News employee. Well, who knows if the wait staff, the owner may not like yeah. them because they work at Fox News. Quit playing road games. Go play some home games. Let your employees exist in a place where their point of view is respected and appreciated rather than vilified in some of these other places. That's one of the main reasons I, I just I, I'm <laughs> one of the last things I'm, I used to love to go to Wally's in Beverly Hills. It was mm -hmm. my favorite place. Hell yeah. And one night I'm there, and I'm talking to a young lady, and we're hitting it off. And, and then all of a sudden she starts talking about Michelle Obama being the greatest woman on the earth, basically. And, and she, did, she was like testing me out. And I, I just tried to duck the question and keep moving. And eventually she forced me to, you know, not anything critical, but just like I just let, 
nah, I'm really not on board with, with them. And, you know, I don't have anything against them. And then it just got to, and then she turned into the Trump. And then when I wouldn't say that I hated Trump, she was done with me. And, and that's when I was like, man, I got to go play these games someplace else. If, if not hating Trump is a make or break issue, I'm in the wrong place. You know, what you're saying there is you want to live in a place where you're thriving, not just surviving. So it's like guys like us who who have shows who are, you know, relatively successful. It's like you could have stayed and fought here and continued to do a show and that show probably would have done well. And I could stay and it would probably I'd probably be roughly okay. But that would be surviving. I think what guys like us want and what I think most people want, by the way, is to thrive. You want to go to a place that when you go out, you know that you're not going to be spit at or yelled at or have to have that same conversation about Michelle Obama or whatever it might be on any given night. And I could even tell for for the guys that work for me, the guys and girls that work for me, it's like not everyone's vaccinated. I would never force anyone to get vaccinated. That works for me. I don't own these people. I thought we were past slavery. I don't think I can forcibly inject anyone who works for me with whatever I want. Um, but they're not thriving here. None of us are thriving here anymore. It's like, I went to Boa Steakhouse. You probably know Boa Steakhouse over on Sunset. Used to be mm-hmm. my, my favorite spot. Probably like Wally's was to you, was my favorite spot. It was just the right amount of LA because it was a little bit of celebrity, but it was cool. The food was great, awesome steaks. I took Glenn Beck there once, by the way. He told me it was the best steak he ever had in his life. This guy's had a lot of good Texas steaks. So it was a really cool spot. And then I went once or twice during the pandemic and it was like, you couldn't sit at the bar. The, the waiters are wearing masks. They used to do this awesome uh, Caesar salad by the table where the, the guy would be flipping plates and spinning around and grab. Now they can't do that. You know, they have a limited menu. The food's not as good because they probably can't get people in the kitchen. It's like everything is kind of collapsing. And, and it's not just COVID. It's because progressive policies, which are just so entrenched in a place like this, They ruin people's skill, they ruin people's passion. No one's doing anything because they kind of want to do it. And then you go to the supermarket and first off, everyone's masked. And then you look at people and they're glossed over in their eyes. Like nobody's like, hey, can we take off our masks? Like nobody's even asking about that. Why is the mayor not every day being like, you know, I'd love to get you guys out of the masks. I'd love to be opening up more, but they don't even talk about it anymore. Instead, we've got a governor here who extended his emergency powers like Palpatine. He extends his emergency powers. And then what does he do? The next week, he goes to a vacation in Cabo, Mexico, 200 grand for a week. Okay, I'm pretty sure you've never taken a 200 grand per week vacation. I know they pay you pretty well at the blaze, but come on. And then and then what does he do after that? He goes on a week long book tour in New York City and he's talking to the ladies of The View. Meanwhile, there's an emergency here. I I just don't want to be around these people anymore. They can have it. You know, if you guys want it, good luck with all of that. Dave, there will be some people that say when you say I don't want to be around these people anymore. And 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 I'm asking this question very respectfully. I, I hope I'm not going too far, but it's a legitimate question and you're a man of strong convictions and belief. I know you can handle it. There will be people that will say like, you want to be around Jason Whitlock? Jason Whitlock is a Christian. He, He talks about the LGBT thing in a way that we don't like. Uh, you know, he, he, he says he sees homosexuality as a sin. How can you be around 
be on a show, engage with someone like that, me, and other conservatives, how, how does that jive with your worldview or why, why is that okay or, or how do you handle that? Yeah, well, first off, Jason, you know, whatever our theological or philosophical or, or religious differences might be, I am, I would bet almost anything. As a matter of fact, I would bet everything that you and I wanna live in the same country. We may have some differences on some stuff, but the things that we hold dear about your ability, you, Jason, your ability to live your life as you see fit, to pray as you wish, to live as you wish, to, to think as you wish, to go where you wanna go, those are the same things that I'm pretty sure you want for me. Now, do you have a different perspective on, on let's say, gay marriage, perhaps? I'm, I'm actually not even 100% sure your perspective, but I, I sense that we have some difference there, let's say. Um, that's okay, that's okay. Now, if you sat here and you said to me, Dave, um, you know what I'm gonna do is dedicate my life to fighting so that someone like you cannot get married, cannot, um, in, cannot live a fully actualized life, you know, we're trying to have kids now, cannot do the things that a good human being wants to do to, to, to live a life that is of worth, well then we would have a bigger, we would have a bigger issue. But you know, Ben Shapiro and I have been going back and forth on this for years. He comes from an Orthodox Jewish perspective. That's obviously different than your perspective. It's different than my perspective. But Ben and I wanna live in the, in the same world together. He doesn't wanna jail me. I don't wanna force him to be silent. And, and that's the beauty of America. So for whatever those differences are, Jason, I would much rather be in the trenches with you fighting for a free America and fighting for individual rights than, than the people who purport to be for the gay community or the black community or anything else. So I will never speak for the gay community. Uh, I speak for myself and that's just fine. And, uh, and yeah, I get a certain amount of flack for it and you get a certain amount of flack because you take a position as a black man that um, or many positions as a black man that are not thought of as okay. But I gotta tell you, man, that, that's also what the fuel is, right? Like that's the fuel when you dare, we live in a time when everyone's afraid to say what they think. And then there's a couple people out there who dare go against identity politics, who dare say what they think. Like that's, that's very cool to me. And I think there's plenty of room for people like that. Yeah, Dave, I, I would just like to add, like not only do I wanna live in the same country with you, people like you, who think like you. I wanna live in their neighborhoods. I wanna to go to church with them. I wanna be at restaurants and you know, shopping or, or whatever else. It, it, there's so many things we agree on and, and so many things that like I agree like, well, that's Dave's personal decision. Just like my decision to overeat is my personal <laughs> decision or what, that we gotta let people have their personal decisions without overstepping. And so, uh, you know, I just got a tremendous amount of respect for it because I, I think it takes courage uh, to be where you are. And I, it seems like when we first met, and it may have been six, seven years ago that I came to your home and was on your show, that you've become even more conservative and certainly more strong in your convictions. A a am I right? I mean, because I see you like as one of the strongest conservative voices in America, where I think when I first met you, you were really kind of a strong critic of how crazy the left was, whereas now it seems like you have a lot of strong conservative convictions. No, that's a pretty solid assessment. And I can see you're, you're using your sports skills on that, you know, in terms of like a, a career change or the way people 
kind of move on things. I mean, you know, it's it's sort of funny because the book that's right over my shoulder here, uh, Don't Burn This Book, is a, is a defense of classical liberalism. And without boring everybody on all the specific terms, you know, the idea of individual liberty, of laissez-faire economics, you making decisions for yourself, local government, things of that nature, that, that really is liberalism in the true sense. What I tried to do in the book was also link it to something that Jordan Peterson, who you mentioned at the top, often talked about, and we did tour, it was worldwide. We did about 120 stops in about 20 countries in a year and a half, it was pretty extraordinary. He would often talk about the importance of belief. And I came from a little more, I would say, of a, of a atheist or secular perspective first, but hearing Jordan night after night giving hour and a half lectures on the importance of belief uh, and the importance of truth and how those are not disconnected from a decent society to be able to govern itself uh, without handing all its power to the elites above you, you know, without handing all the power to the people who somehow you think are going to make your decisions better for you than you can make for yourself. Um, I tried to link those things together. I would say by linking sort of the importance of belief to politics and to the way we're supposed to live, first off, I would say that's what the founders intended, okay? We had God-given rights, right? The government did not make you free. You have God-given rights. It's your birthright as a human being to be free. Joe Biden, I am not, I am not free nor enslaved because of Joe Biden. He could take my rights away as president of the United States, but he didn't give me those rights. That's, that's important to note. Um, but I would say I went down the path. I went down the path of, of truth, of clarity, um, and that to me, as I sit here uh, as a 45 year old man, uh, that will lead you to be more conservative. Now that doesn't mean I hold every position uh, politically in agreement with the Republican party, but of course a party and, a, uh, and an ideology, meaning a Republican party, that's different than a conservative ideology. And we can get into that. But I would say there's a broad, there's a broad thing on the right right now. I'd say I'm a little more on the libertarian side of it, but you've got your traditional uh, conservatives, you've got your more, say, religious conservatives, that's probably where you fall, you've got your more MAGA people, and what we all have to do, and this is the great challenge and what I love doing right now, is going, hey, we got a party of people here. If, if you were just to take, say, me, you, take, uh, take Glenn Beck, take Dennis Prager, take Ben Shapiro, take Ron DeSantis, and, you know, Nikki Haley, and three more people, and okay, we all have some different opinions on different things, but we know, as I said earlier, that we wanna live in the same country together. So now let's work on that. That's a cool place to do work. And that's what I'm interested in going forward. Are you miserable? Haven't been on a date in years? Are you still upset that the cool kids bullied you in junior high school? Mixed race and yearning for the street cred of the homies? Or maybe you're just an angry, radicalized woman who lacks the skills and allure that Kamala Harris used to attract a Willie Brown. Hi, my name is Dr. Van Joan. I am the head of DIE for the Alphabet Mafia. DIE stands for Diversity, Inclusion, and Equity. Die. Does that sound fun? If you're bitter about your life, you're mad about the way God made you, and you're a total loser, then you are a prime candidate to become a made man or made woman in the Alphabet Mafia. You wanna know more about us? We're a for-profit coalition of organizations funded by George Soros. We're Black Lives Matter, LGBTQ, and critical race theory. 
all rolled into one. We burn and loot cities. We redefine marriage. And we're also in the process of redefining and expanding gender identities. If you have a writing flair, you would be a good fit at the New York Times. We're rewriting history, and we're helping Americans understand that this country is a massive failure. Do you have a violent criminal history? Maybe you've done time in prison for pedophilia, rape, maybe even some domestic violence, and you can't find the right job in corporate America? No problem. At DIE, you're a perfect candidate to loot, burn, and terrorize black communities. You could be the next Joseph Rodenbaum. So don't miss your chance to kill America. Call us right now at 1-800-555-MARA. That's 1-800-555. Let's all make America racist again. One of the things I've tried to explain to people, and, and, and I hear you using the term belief, I don't know if you have some religious faith, convictions or whatever, but one thing I try to explain to people is that America's Judeo-Christian culture that we had for a long time, it serves non-believers just mm -hmm. as much as believers. That Judeo-Christian culture gave atheists the freedom to be themselves and it benefited them. It, it, it helped sustain values and a culture and, and eth a work ethic and things like that that work for everybody. You don't have to be a believer to benefit from Judeo-Christian culture where I think this very secular culture that we've created, it doesn't benefit everybody. It, 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 it doesn't even really benefit the people in the cult unless you're an elite. Jason, that's exactly why in the book I put this part about belief in because I, I laid out all of my liberal principles. And these were principles from you know great thinkers obviously before me from John Locke and, and Thomas Jefferson to some of our, our modern day liberals. But what has happened with liberalism? Liberalism, if you look at what's going on in America right now, Liberalism birthed progressivism, right? Like look what happened to the Democratic Party. And there's a reason for that because liberals decided to put tolerance at the top of the hierarchy. That no matter what you believe, no matter what you do, we're all, uh, there should be no moral judgment and everything's okay. So two plus two equals five and girls have penises and the litany of other nonsense that we're constantly confronted with. That that if you're racist now in 2021, you can call yourself an anti-racist. Like everything is backwards. And that is not disconnected from the, the what I would say is the soft underbelly of liberalism when it's disconnected from belief altogether. A purely secular society, unfortunately, I think has to devolve into where we are at right now, which is why I find much more common cause with people of faith who I may have some specific philosophical, it's not even that I have a philosophical disagreement with. You are welcome to practice your faith as you see fit. So it's not even about a disagreement, but people might find it odd that I find more common cause with people of faith. 
but people of faith are the ones keeping the wheels on society right now. I mean, look at, uh, in the last two years, the amount of people who've really lost their minds, people who used to make a lot of sense, who are now for mandates and who used to hate the government, and now they love the government, and everyone's flipped in every which direction. I've found that, generally speaking, people of faith have, have remained somewhat consistent, not lost their mind at all of this, because they believe in something outside of the secular lunacy of the day. You just provided me the perfect setup to what I told you for months I wanted to talk to you about, Bill Maher. I'm a big Bill Maher fan, <laughs> have been for a long time. When yeah. I've been frustrated with him, I still liked him, thought he was smart. And, and, and I thought he was honest. I think here in the last year and a half or so, maybe two years, it's like, wow, he's just as honest as I thought because he's becoming a critic of the left uh, pretty consistently. And he's pointing out a lot of things that I think those of us on the conservative side uh, believe pretty consistently. And, and I'm almost starting to think that at some point, Bill Maher, I, don't, I think he'll remain an atheist, but I think he will publicly admit at some point, like, you know, there is some value to religion. And <laughs> that would be quite a flip for a guy who spent a lot of years mocking people, Christians and people of religious faith. But that's kind of the transition I think I'm seeing with Bill Maher, and I wanted to talk to you about it because I, I think your journeys are kind of similar, although they're being unpacked in different ways. Yeah, well, I'm glad we're mentioning it, and I know we've, we've wanted to talk about this for quite some time, and I think we should preface it by saying that nothing that we say about Bill Maher here is, is an attack on him. You're saying right up front, you like the guy, right? Like, you're, you're a religious conservative saying that you like the secular atheist, right? And, and for me, you know, Bill, Bill Maher and I, I mean, he was one of my biggest influences as a comic. I used to agree with him, I would say, on probably 90% of the stuff. I started seeing all of the woke craziness, let's say, before him, all of the, the assault on free speech, all of the gender lunacy, all of that stuff. And, and so say six years ago or so, uh, probably right around when we met for the first time, that's when I was really waking up to all of that stuff. Now, I think it took him a little bit longer, and I don't blame him for that to some degree. I mean, look, this is an ultra rich, elite Hollywood guy who it doesn't necessarily have his nose to the ground the way he used to. And he's been such a staunch fighter for liberalism and atheism and secularism for so long that at this stage in his career, I think it is extremely difficult. And I mean this with, with total respect because I know it would happen to any of us. I suspect it would. That at this stage in his career, it's very hard for him to fully take that mirror and say, man, is there something wrong with my ideology? Why is it? that liberalism, which is what I have championed for 30 some odd years, been the most outspoken liberal and the most outspoken critic in America for 30 years, why is it that it's all of my side that has brought forth this woke progressive nonsense? And I think ultimately, and I think this is what you're getting to, that if he really gets to the end of that road that I talked about before, he will see that even though he may always remain an atheist himself, he will see that it's partly because of that belief thing, that one, once you take away any sense of traditional belief, people will believe in anything because humans have to believe 
It's part of the human experience. You have to believe. So even the people who tell you that they, they are non-believers, in many cases, they are the biggest believers. They're just the believers in the here and now and in all of the secular nonsense that goes on any given day. So I fully respect the fact that Bill has been attacking his own side lately, and he's very frustrated around free speech and wokeism and critical race theory and all that. The problem with Bill is until he's willing to take that final step, which I would say there's a few steps, but the next step he has to take is something that I often say, which is you don't have to be a Republican, but you can't be a Democrat. So if he criticizes the left all day long, but he still supports Adam Schiff and he still calls all the Trump people racist and they're Nazis and the rest of that nonsense and then still will attack Ted Cruz or still will you know go after DeSantis or whatever. It's like, of course, as a political commentator, you can attack people. But if at the end, if you get the entire equation right, but your answer after the equal sign is, oh, do the same thing wrong again, keep voting for the Democrats each time, then you got a problem. And I think he's coming up to the end of that. And I hope, I really hope he can get there. I'm going to tell you why I think he's going to get there. Because, and, and this is our best hope, I believe, for just the country, is that there are, we're still a capitalistic society to some degree. I know they're trying to fix that very quickly. But, but when <laughs> I look what at... It yeah, it depends. But when I look at uh, Pat McAfee, the radio sports radio host, I'm not sure if you're familiar with him, but yep. he started out a podcaster. He did some stuff with Barstool Sports. And then in early December, it was announced that he struck a deal with FanDuel for 30 million a year over a four year period. And and what I think and th you look at the deal Joe Rogan has with Spotify and I think Bill Maher is going to eventually figure out as he tries to transition his audience because he's he's been talking about when I go out on tour, you know, half my audience now is conservatives and Bob, he's trying to transition his audience and it's actually being proven with the deal Pat McAfee got, Joe Rogan, and these deals are just going to get better and better. There's actually more money on the independent side than being attached to an HBO or some of these other networks. There's certainly more freedom and more authenticity and honesty on the independent side. And now the money's starting to match up. And that's why I think he'll eventually transition. And that's why, again, when I think about all the reasons why I respect you, the locals thing that you started, you're an entrepreneur and a businessman, and you've grown a business now that's good enough, because just at the start, when you start talking about your employees are following you to Florida, that means, man, Dave's built a heck of a business if he got all of his employees to follow him down to Florida. <laughs> I think eventually Bill Maher, and I think he's already doing that calculation, it's just when does he strike, when does he uh, go out on his own, or wh whoever the next Bill Maher is, is actually gonna be an independent voice and they'll have more freedom. Well, I, I think you're right and I hope you're right. I think the question for Bill is because, you know, he's probably in his mid 60s now, I don't know when his contract goes to, he may just sort of see what you're showing, what you're talking about there on the horizon and he, go, he may go, ah, man, that would do so much strange stuff to my legacy or what people know of me that maybe I'll just step out of the limelight because the guy certainly doesn't need the money, right? I mean, he's he's beyond loaded. 
Um, but you know, what sits also with that is something interesting because I've heard him say it before that half my audience is conservative now. So think about what that means. That means that conservative folks who disagree with Bill Maher, probably on religion and belief, probably 100%, I would say, or 99% on abortion, on probably the welfare state, a whole bunch of other stuff. But what do they like Bill Maher about? They like Bill Maher about free speech. They like his criticism of wokeness. And they're going, hey, I will pay this man to go to a live show to laugh at his jokes, many of which will be at the expense of me because we as conservatives are open-minded. We are cool with jokes. We are okay to agree to disagree. Now show me the reverse version of that. Show me where somebody on the left is willing to pay somebody to show up to a show where they disagree with half, if not more of the stuff that they're saying simply does not exist. So again, that also will show him as time goes on. That's very much what happened to me. I was a lefty, I was a Bernie supporter. I started talking to Larry Elder, started talking to Shapiro, started talking to Prager and Beck and all these guys. And what I found was even though I had some disagreements with them, and I still do by the way, um, these were nice people. They were good people. And I've generally found conservatives to be happier and more pleasant and more generous of spirit. And, and I think that, that that entropy will keep dragging him. And, and then the question still gets to your original point, which is, does he make that final move? We shall see. What you basically just said is, which is the truth, we're actually tolerant. And, yeah. and there's not yeah. some litmus test you have to pass to get our respect or be friends with us or to engage with us. And they are actually intolerant. And, and it's, it's, that's what's so Jason, shaking that's not me disconnected. about. That's not disconnected from belief. Right, like when we're, when we're really wrapping the package around this conversation, why would people on the right be more tolerant? Well, if, if you believe in something more than this, right? Like we can talk about politics all day long, we could talk about culture all day long, all of that stuff. And that's all well and good and we both love doing it, right? Like that's why we do what we do for a living and it's pretty freaking awesome. It's a, it's a very special thing when you get to do what you really love, uh, you know, every day in and day out. But, if you think that this, politics is everything, the, the, the Senate vote was 52 to 48, well, if that's all you got, if that's all you got and you believe nothing else than what you wake up and read in the newspaper and see right in front of you, you will become sort of angry, you will become sort of crazy, you will become sort of impatient. Now, that isn't to say there aren't good atheists. I know a couple of them and they're pretty decent, although I will tell you, I know at least two fairly well-known atheists who are like on the verge of outing themselves as believers right now. Um, but of course at a micro level it can work, but at a societal level it can't. And then if you take some people who think, hey, you know, there's a, a set of beliefs out there, this thing has happened before, it's gonna happen again, uh, I believe in something bigger than me, uh, it might lend you to being kind of decent and kind of more open-minded and everything else because because not every disagreement will be a referendum on existence. And I think that's what happens with people who are purely secular. Well, what, one thing you just nailed for me as a believer is I believe like people can change and that uh, people can improve 
And even if I disagree with them, I look and say, man, I used to think a lot of dumb stuff myself. <laughs> and, you know, I, I woke yeah. up out of that and maybe it'll happen to them. And so that's a lot where my tolerance comes. Dave, I, I promise you, there was at one point you talked to any of my friends, they would tell you, Jason Whitlock was so stupid. At one point, he thought a strip club was the greatest place on earth. And, uh, you know, I've overcome that and have evolved into a better person. And so yeah. I literally look at some of the liberals and some of the like crazy things that I think, like they really think men can get pregnant. Sure, they're gonna snap out of that. So something's gonna happen and, and they'll snap out of that. So I just gotta overlook it. And, and, you know, maybe that's no more crazy than me thinking the strip club is the greatest place on earth. Well, I like the way you grounded that, right? Because you can connect sort of like a crazy belief that you had or an old habit that you had. That's sort of what politics should be in a way, right? So you loved going to strip joints. I'm sure you had a good time there, but Jason Whitlock of 2021, uh, that's not his thing, right? And it doesn't mean you fully regret it or don't regret it. It was part of the stuff that made you you now. And when you when everything you believe is wrapped up in politics, when someone comes up to you and says something that you don't believe. So if someone comes up to you, so for example, abortion, without going too far down the, the, all the specifics on abortion, that's obviously one of the hardest ones to talk about, right? What I have found is if you talk to pro-life people, and I've done it on my show many, many times, had these debates. When you talk to pro-life people, uh, especially the thought leaders of the conservative movement, they know why they believe what they believe and you know the sperm meeting the egg and life has to start somewhere, et cetera, et cetera. Now we can have a big discussion about how public policy should operate around that. When you talk to people on the left about abortion, they will usually just throw something at you like, well, it's a woman's right to choose. It's a woman's right to choose. Well, okay, but what if that's a five month fetus that is female? Is that female a woman? Is that baby a woman? And then they get very angry at you. Oh, no, no, see you hate women. And it's like, no, no, we should be able to talk about this stuff. But if your whole existence is wrapped up in, because I make a decision, that is what is true, we got a problem. Dave, I, I appreciate you taking the time to help me out during the holiday season. Uh, I, I suggest any of my listeners or followers or whatever, please follow and support Dave and his show. You'll learn a lot. Uh, Dave is clearly a free thinker and he's a smart thinker. Uh, happy holidays to you and your family. Merry Christmas. Same to you, my friend, and I look forward to doing this in person. And you know what? We will, we will break bread at a public venue somewhere, Nashville, Texas, Florida, wherever it might be, and we will show all the haters what tolerance is all about. <laughs> awesome. Good seeing you, man. All right, Merry go to YouTube.com slash Jason Whitlock, hit that subscribe, like button. Uh, I think I hear tomorrow playing. And today that means happy holidays, Merry Christmas, Happy New Year. We want freedom. I just want, I want to be, I just want, I want to be, I just want, I want to be, I just want. I want